Hello, welcome everyone to Pillar to Post here on Fightful Overbooked. It is Fightful's version of Around the Horn. I am Jeremy Lambert, wielding all the power. And today we have a tremendous lineup, quite possibly our strongest lineup of all time. Kicking it off, our reigning, defending Pillar to Post champion. He defeated the three-time champion, his his Grapsody co-host, Righteous Reg. He is from Grapsody, Will Washington. Will, how are you? I'm doing great, and I'm happy to be here on Pillar to Post. Did you watch the Avs game last night? Really I did. You, look, I, I I have to admit that I am at least into playoff hockey. Uh, like I said, you'll never catch me watching regular season hockey. I just can't. But uh, playoff hockey is exciting. That overtime was exciting. Um, and stressful. Uh, extremely stressful. But, hey, Avs won, and... Uh, I'll, I'll see you in a month, Will. I'll see you in a month. I'm staying in that back room that you have, the guest room, to for the Avs in the, the Stanley Cup final. Uh, so I'll see you in a month. Challenging Will, this week we have three names who have been on the show before. They know how this works. First, she has to deal with Joel Pearl every Tuesday on on uh, Grappy Hour. I, please, please apologize for her, to her. Give her, give her best wishes. Lily, Lily Alexander is here. Lily, how are you? I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> Tremendous. Record. No, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Sorry. And uh, you guys are talking about hockey. So like I'm heartbroken as someone from Toronto. Like it, I wasn't going to say anything. I wasn't going to say it's, anything. It's, it's been a somber couple of uh, days in Toronto for hockey fans, for sure. Wasn't wasn't going to say anything about Toronto because, I mean, it's the, it's the story, the first round for Toronto, it just—it's the same story every year, and I'm sorry. Every time, like every time. Team. Actually, I like that team. Also joining us from Nashville, the team the Avalanche swept in the first round. Probably not even a hockey fan, but we're gonna bury uh, his hockey team anyway. Man with the best beard in the business. Connor Casey is here from ComicBook.com. Connor, how are you? Jeremy, it's true. I know nothing about hockey except the fact that the Preds got absolutely destroyed. So, but I'm doing good. Good. I'm glad you're here, Connor, and. Finally, it is his birthday today. Everyone say happy birthday to this man. He is another person who he has to suffer through my hockey talk on Friday morning coffee here on Fightful Overbooked. But again, it is his birthday. He's from Wrestle Talk. He he's from Sports Kita. He's from Believe. He's from Fightful Overbooked. He does about a three million things in the wrestling media industry. Happy birthday to SB3. Hello, SB3. And Thunder Rosa. That's this me and Thunder Rosa. Yes. Hey. Um, <laughs> hello, everyone. How are you doing? It's a great day. It's a glorious day. It's SP3 day. Uh, continuing on on SP3 week. Uh, shout out to the former greatest P3, Choke P3, Chris Paul. Um, well, SP3's already started this game at a minus one, so he's doing well right now. Uh, I'm going to unmute no, him. Honestly, I, I was waiting all day today because I'm like, do I wish SP3 a, a, a happy birthday uh, now or do I wait because I'm going to be here with them and I want to do it in person? And when, by in person, I actually mean via my webcam. So happy birthday, SP3. Thank you, sir. Thank that means a lot coming from the great Will Washington. He's he's been mentioned everywhere. He's he's world famous Will Washington. And, I, and we have a great we have a great cast of people and Jeremy here. So this is great. SP3, uh, you might be at minus two after I ask this question. <laughs> Did you punch Alex McCarthy in the face when you met him yesterday or when you met up with him? I Superman punched him because I knew I would be on this show and I didn't want to start out that. Where's minus the video? Five. 
Where's the huh? video? Where's the video? There wasn't. There was no one around, and I'm. You had sat there who could have recorded it. SP3 is at a minus two. What? What? No, no. When I met up with Alex first, Sat wasn't there. And excuse me, I'm in London with a whole bunch. SP3 is at minus three. He's off to a tremendous start. SP minus three here on this show. <laughs> Guys, if you don't know how it's worked, it's kind of like around the horn. We have our opening topics where we discuss. Uh, then we go to push or bury. After push or bury, somebody gets eliminated. They say their goodbyes. Then we're moving on to take your pick. After that, another person gets eliminated. And then we have the final count where we will crown a winner. It is a head-to-head battle on the final count. All right, let's get started here on this show. Hey, you can leave super chats like our pal Rob Wilkins here. Uh, Rob Wilkins says, happy birthday, SB3. I like everyone in this group, but beat their ass, Lily. Uh, guys, if I'll you try. Want, if you want to leave a super chat, you can do that like Rob. Uh, we will. Co- I will read them all at the end because uh, I don't like ruining the uh, flow of the show as if there is one. So you can leave a super chat. We'll read them all at the end so they will get read. You can also leave a humper chat, humperchat.com. Again, they will get read on the show. It'll just be at the end. Let's get started here on the opening bell, and we're going to start with the big topic of the week. Sasha Banks and Naomi walked out on WWE Raw on Monday. Uh, they were scheduled for a six-pack challenge with Banks, Naomi, Asuka, Becky Lynch, Dewdrop, and Nikki Ash to determine the number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship. Mid-show, Becky Lynch went to Adam Pierce. Is like, hey, stuff happens. Let's switch it. They switched it. It came out that Banks and Naomi weren't happy. They walked out. WWE put out a statement and saying that they put the titles on the uh, desk of John Laurinaitis. They were uncomfortable with two of the people in the match. Uh, Sean Ross Sapp, fuck him, did a lot of good reporting on this for Fightful Select and just saying that apparently Naomi was supposed to win. Uh, they were fine with that, but they didn't exactly like that they were just kind of being used as Naomi was going to face uh, Bianca Belair. It seemed like reportedly Sasha was going to face Ronda Rousey at the pay-per-view. They wanted more for for the women's championships, the women's tag team championships there, and didn't just want to lose in these uh, singles matches. Seems to be kind of the the crux of the argument with Banks and Naomi. So very simple question uh, to start this off. And we're going to start with the defending champion, Will Washington. Whose side are you on? Sasha Banks and Naomi or WWE side will always take the wrestler side, uh, Sasha Banks and Naomi side. Uh, I, I will say that, um, you know, I, I, I fully understand, uh, what the argument is. And, uh, and of course I've heard a lot of the argument against, you know, the, the argument, um, in their favor, uh, specifically what, what Sasha was apparently talking about is the fact that, um, you know, they were kind of talked back in February into even doing this tag team and kind of sidelining their singles careers to, to put this tag team together. And a lot of their um, assurances in doing so was, you know, hey, we're going to push you guys. You know, you guys are going to be a full force tag team. This is going to be what Sasha Banks and, and Naomi have, have wanted for themselves as a duo. And they worked up a lot of stuff. You know, they've come up with a lot of tag team offense, tag team finishers. They've really worked on it. And then, of course, WrestleMania Backlash, belts aren't defended. Uh, and then, you know, based on how this was all about to unfold, the belts weren't going to be defended again, and they were going to lose on the pay-per-view. And so uh, for them, it was really a case of, you know, what are we doing this tag team for if we're essentially about to be fodder for the singles champions? Now, the argument against that is, of course, uh, plenty of wrestlers uh, have come to their aid and come to their 
defense, none of them in WWE. Usually the 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 go-to line for people in WWE is, hey, uh, regardless, you signed a contract, which means you take the creative, good or bad, and you do what you're supposed to do. Um, now, I think the last like 20 years have kind of cemented that in a lot of wrestlers heads of okay it is true uh you know what are you gonna do like you work for wwe the biggest wrestling company in the world um but prior to 20 years ago that's not gonna work for me brother wasn't just like a hogan thing right that was uh that there were plenty of people who had their qualms with creative and at the time there was a case of hey if we aren't making the wrestlers happy. The wrestlers have choices. So, like, we have to make sure that wrestlers are happy with what's going down. Otherwise, they're going to jump ship. And in this case, it is, I think, Sasha kind of weighing exactly who she is in the industry. And it is, uh, you know, I'm not happy with this, and I'm not going to do it. Uh, and we're not going to do it. And so, uh, no, I, I'm always on the wrestler side of sticking up for creative, especially when it's creative that I also can see uh, disagreement with. So stick with the wrestlers. Lily, whose side are you on? I mean, it's pretty obvious. Um, yesterday on Grappy Hour and on Twitter, um, I think my biggest takeaway from all of this is to know your worth. And both Sasha and Naomi are worth a lot, not just in dollars, but in in their careers as performers, as professionals. Um, and I think that this situation um, is very interesting. And second of all, people, please stop saying it's a work. It's not a work, okay? Um, it's not a work. And I can't repeat that enough. And there's two things that are going on here. There's the business that's happening in ring and on screen and character as a contracted star. But this actually is a backstage problem, more to do with the business side and the executive side of things. This has nothing to do with you know, the WWE Marvel Universe. Um, and to Will's point, these two women, especially, especially Sasha, worked tooth and nail to get these belts to, you know, have clout essentially. And they have done nothing with it with Plotline. They have essentially buried these belts and just done press spots with it. Um, and it came down to being handed creative they didn't like. They, you know, stood up for themselves and got met with, more bullcrap from the executive side. And I, I suppose they had a meeting amongst themselves and Sasha more than likely said, I'm out, I'm going to walk. Um, and Naomi being, you know, an amazing woman and her tag partner said, well, you know what, I'm a ride or die and I'm going to do it with you. And I think that that, you know, is not only professional, but the right thing to do as a performer, whether or not, you know, when it comes down to a contract, if that's the right thing to do, that's for them to figure out. It's not our story to tell. It's not for us to figure out whether it's the right thing or not to do. They know their worth. They stood up for what's right. And I know that if it was anyone else that did this, especially if it weren't two black women, I don't think it would have been handled this way. Connor, whose side are you on? Definitely Sasha and Naomi's. The old expression is nothing changes. If nothing changes, they obviously saw that there was an issue with how the women's tag team division was being treated and this was their way of putting their foot down and saying that look either we're it's not a matter of oh we're not winning these matches so therefore we're not interested in this it's no we are trying to elevate this division we are coming to you with ideas you are not acknowledging those ideas this is the only way we can obviously get your attention is if we put our foot down and say we're leaving until something gets fixed my only question is 
what did they think they were getting into when they agreed, when they signed on and said yes to, hey, let's go with this idea of becoming a tag team. This is a company that is notoriously uninterested in pushing tag team wrestling. As far as the past three years of the women's tag team championships, they have been given little to no emphasis at all. Here's a stat for you. Between WrestleMania 37 and 38, they were not on featured on pay-per-view once. The closest time these titles were ever considered anything of value was when half the roster was unavailable because it was COVID and you had Sasha and Bailey on each week. So, hey, just have them go have killer matches each week. But once that stopped being an issue, they went right back to being just pushed down the card. The division is basically defined by, hey, we've got one team as the champion. It's usually two single stars who are mashed together. And then we'll put another team together and have them feud for a few months. And then we'll split off whichever team we don't like and then try it again with a new one. This team itself is just a combination of two single stars that they weren't doing anything with at the time. So when they turn around two months after having the titles and go, wait, you're just going to have us challenge for the singles titles, not really care about the tag titles. It's like, yeah, that's how these things have been treated. So while I am definitely on their side, and I think WWE's response to it with that statement was abhorrent, you kind of have to look around and be like, yeah, this is the company you work for. You, you know how they act. You know how they view certain things. You know how they view tag team wrestling. In that sense, it shouldn't have been a surprise. SB3, whose side are you on? Because of everything Connor just said, it's a push for me. I'm kind of in the in the middle because we don't know the full story. But I'm always of the of the mind you favor the the wrestlers and the performers. And you know, Sasha and Naomi being basically pushed into this tag team situation, a situation where Sasha basically the first time that she had a falling out with creative was was that was that had to do with the tag team was creating the tag team division, something that her and Bailey pushed for, and then proceeding to basically just get the titles taken away from you on the biggest stage of them all and left you frustrated enough that you left the company for a few months. Then you go back a year ago where in February of 2021, she felt frustrated again. She wanted to take time off, but she did her due diligence for the company. She dropped the title to Bianca Belair in the main event of WrestleMania, then took four months off. Then we don't even know what, what went on at SummerSlam 2021. So it's not even just this one night and this one bit of creative for Sasha Banks, it feels like it's about two to three years worth of frustrations that blew off, blew up in this one situation. And this is a person that was just on a Star Wars series on Disney Plus. Does she really need WWE at this point? She can walk out the door and walk onto a director's set tomorrow, and she'd be totally fine. This is not the type of situation where you know Tony Storm walks out of the company and she has to you know wait her time and then go to AEW. Sasha Banks is in, in line for something big. She's probably the biggest mainstream crossover star that WWE has right now. So she doesn't need all of this in, in my eyes. And I hope that she doesn't come back because that's the real key to this, where I can't really side on one way or another because in the other walkout situations, the most known ones 20 years ago with Stone Cold Steve Austin and then seven years ago with CM Punk, I think we view those two things in totally different ways with stone cold steve austin he allowed wwe to create the narrative 
to create the narrative that he took his ball and went home and he just had to come back. He knew he was on his last leg, last leg of his career. And he was like, okay, I'm just going to let y'all create this narrative. Yeah. I shouldn't have done it that way. You guys were right. I was wrong. They couldn't take anything back with CM Punk. We view him, a lot of people view him like a martyr because he left and he created change. It didn't create change for the company as a whole, but he, it allowed Brian Danielson to have the greatest night of his career. It allowed a lot of independent stars to get a bigger push. And it's it's kind of it kind of created change in a little bit of a way. So if Sasha Banks decides to leave and go to Hollywood and become the success that we all know she can, I think that will be the change that this company really needs in valuing the women, in valuing the, the tag team titles, whether it's man or female. It's just she just has to leave. It, it needs to be done with that. And I respect Naomi 100% because she was supposed to win this match and she decided to walk out and stand by her girl. So she deserves a lot of credit for this. I know she's not getting the same amount of eat as Sasha Banks, but at the end of the day, Naomi is a ride or die and I appreciate her for that. But Sasha Banks, I, I think that the best move for her is to just walk out. And I totally agree with Lily as well. If this was any other people, we would not hear WWE calling them unprofessional on camera, on air. We wouldn't have got a statement. Charlotte Flair sandbagged people and dropped the title with Becky Lynch. And we didn't hear anything about that. They just created it a part of the storyline going into Survivor Series. Tony Storm walked out of a house show. We didn't hear anything about her being uh, unprofessional, even though she left the company. But they didn't say anything about that. It's because it's two African-American women is why WWE went this direction. And if WWE didn't say they were unprofessional or didn't or send out that statement trying to control the narrative, honestly, I would be on WWE side because you know who they are. This is WWE. They've been the same for about 30 years, Sasha Banks and Naomi. They are going to do what they want to do. It's no more, this doesn't work for me, brother. They go away by what they want to do. And Vince McMahon at 76 years old is never going to change. I do want to, I'll go ahead, Will. Well, I, yeah. So the, the one piece that I didn't really get to, to talk about was the, the statements, right? That, uh, because that was unprecedented stuff. You know, typically, when things like this have happened, um, we usually can hear about it via, uh, like PW Insider had actually dropped the the initial report on it. And then, of course, uh, Fightful Select followed up. And everybody kind of uh, gave their little details as the show had progressed. And then finally, uh, WWE just outright has Corey Graves on air. Uh, what, what were the two words? I know one was unprofessional. Um what was the other word? Summarily, 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 yeah. Summarily, okay, yeah. summarily, and and you, everybody remembers Vince McMahon uh, on Pat McAfee just a few months ago, where he talked about how much he loves using uh, words Buzz that words. typically are, yeah, typically yeah. using like buzzwords and words that typically aren't a part of the normal vocabulary. So, like immediately, I thought, okay, totally written written by Vince. Not a chance that came from. <laughs> anyone else that was a direct vince line nobody else would have said that vince loves words like stupendous and voluptuous and like the, those are just the, the vince mcmahon vocabulary words right so seth you know, freaking rollins baby yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you knew where that came from um and so it was uh, i can agree with sp3 on this i think that you know had there not been 
the immediate reaction from WWE that we typically haven't seen before. It is unprecedented, unprecedented from them to, one, apologize for false advertising. These are the kings of false advertising. Are you kidding me? Literally with Sasha Banks, you knew for a week she wasn't going to be at SummerSlam and continue to advertise her up until minutes before, sorry, seconds before her entrance. You, these guys knowingly false advertise and it's almost like this was a case of well we didn't plan to false advertise here so therefore we apologize but when we plan to that's different and so again the statement the the remarks on air like all of that was just typically stuff that we don't hear from them and that sparked a feeling of they are definitely angry and why are they angry here versus any other time uh and because Really, the only other time we've ever seen anything like this was Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, and I mean, Vince went on television and said that, hey, Austin took his ball and went home and he's not going to be back and everything. And they built a whole show around that. Like, it yeah. wasn't just like one they segment. Did. They had a whole episode that was like, Austin took his ball and went home. They had Rock also, bury him. They had Rock bury yeah. him on the show as well. Go ahead, Billy. Mm-hmm. One point I forgot to make as well is when the reports were coming out, I was like watching God knows what, uh, probably wrestling, and I was shocked. They have eight hours to plan a match. Like, are you kidding me? Eight hours to plan a match? Like, there were so many things that could have easily been switched around behind the scenes with the executives. There could have been some kind of middle ground made, I think, between both them as a tag team and whoever was, Laurinaitis or whoever backstage was the person whose fault it is. And, you know, um, my, my mind is not changed after this like round table. I think that, you know, you should always listen to the creators and the performers first, um, because we know, you know, WWE is a giant corporation. They're, they're big. They're up there with Fox. They're up there with Disney. They're getting 2 million viewers week over week over week. And we all know, I'm sure everyone on this panel has had a job for a big corporation And there comes a time and place where you're like, this is a grind. I'm getting chewed up by this corporation and it's time to go. And there's nothing wrong with that. I feel every day working for Sean Rossap. Connor, your thoughts on uh, the statement? Because I did corporate Sean. (laughs) (laughs) I did want to, uh, before Will started talking about it, like the statement was a a weird thing from WWE. I, I, I tweeted it like they don't put out who they've released anymore. They don't put out statements on that stuff. And here they are putting out this statement where they're accusing two of their champions of being unprofessional and being uncomfortable in the ring with two of the participants. It was a strange thing and definitely seemed like, uh, I think you, you may have said, uh, control, the, control the narrative of this whole thing and get out ahead of the story to paint them to be the bad people. And what, what are your thoughts on the statement, Connor? There were so many strange little aspects about that statement. And the best way I could kind of describe the tone of it, for lack of a better term, was butthurt. They they <laughs> seemed offended by this whole thing. And the fact that there, there's so many little pieces about it that don't add up. You're calling them belts for one thing. You know, that's a big Vince no-no. You're outright being like, we are a scripted entertainment product. It's like, y'all try to position yourselves as sports entertainment and live sports all the time for your own benefit. And now suddenly, oh, no, we're completely by the script. How dare two of our talents uh, go off said script? It's not great optics when you just when after every incident that's been mentioned so far in this panel, when the two women of color decide to take a stand 
that's when you decide to put out the statement. Not when Charlotte does any of her foolishness. Not when Nia is trying to slug people in the ring and suddenly it becomes a shoot for half a minute. And then the whole thing of they didn't feel safe with people in the ring, which based on every report that has come out since, there, there's no truth to that at all. It didn't even make sense logically. They've wrestled every single person in that match. Every single person in that match had well over a decade of experience. None of them have the policy or the the um, reputation of being unsafe. So where the heck did all that come from? That alone seemed like their way of trying to be like, see, they're the bad guys because they think that, you know, some of your favorites aren't safe and that they're too good to try and be in the ring with them. That rang so hollow. I was not OK with that at all. And every report since come out, it's like, no, we were fine. We were fine with working with Nikki and Dewdrop, We wanted to work with them at Hell in a Cell by all indication. I didn't buy that. I, there's so much that I didn't, just, I didn't buy it for a second. I'm wondering SP3. if there's a little nope. bit of a Well, I called here. on SP3. Go away, Will. SP3. I, I feel like this, this is a big, like the statement is a big thing where they're pulling out a couple of different strings. There's the string of they're trying to control the narrative to everyone on the outside looking in, people like us, people like the fans that, you know, they want to make them out to be, you know, unprofessional, say that it happened last minute, say that they dropped their titles on on the table, say that it, they had eight hours to practice a match. Ain't no way these women, like Becky Lynch and Asuka and Sasha Banks and Naomi, who know each other very well, have been in the ring a whole bunch of times, ain't no way they're going to take eight hours to, to come up with a six-pack challenge. Get the hell out of here with that nonsense. And then the, the oh, they didn't want to work with two of the people. That was getting the roster against Sasha Banks and Naomi because they went out on the app to the whole entire roster. They and you now we hear the reports of people are calling them marks, effing marks, divas. That's what they wanted. They wanted the roster to be against to be against Sasha Banks and Naomi because and we see it's a it's a lot of differing reports because we hear that and then we get Bailey's tweet where it seems like she's supporting Sasha Banks because she was ride or die with her back in 2019. You see Shayna Baszler, who just went against these two women on SmackDown, putting out a tweet to show her show her support behind them. And Shayna Baszler knows all about kind of fighting against the machine with what she had to do in MMA. So it's like it, it it's a very it's a very veiled uh, attempt by WWE to kind of pull the strings of everybody and put everybody against Sasha Banks. And and Naomi. And this is similar to what you said, J Jeremy, about what they tried to present with Stone Cold Steve Austin. They had this man's best friend say, oh, he took his ball and went home when Jim Ross spent the whole weekend trying to talk Austin to get back here, to come back and say, I understand where you're coming from, but let's come, come into Raw and speak to Vince. But that's what Sasha Banks and Naomi did. And he didn't budge. He didn't listen to them. He is stubborn. He is 70-something years old. He's going on 80 years old. I've learned from people in my family. Once you're past the age of like 50, you don't want to listen to anybody. You are stuck in your ways. And if you think you're right, you're right. And if this man has had smoke blow blowed up his booty hole for the past 50 years, no one in the goddamn earth will tell him what to do. And We're not dropping GDs on this show, SP3. To put it into the sword draw. Will, last word on this topic. Okay, so I'm wondering if there's a little bit of a technicality here as I'm reading their statement again uh, on the 
uh, being uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents' statement. Because uh, I agree 100% with what Connor said, that this is... Uh, the, I had the problem, the moment the statement came out, I thought, you're weaponizing not just um, the roster against them, but you're weaponizing the fans against them. Um, because you know how this is going to go. And they knew how this was going to go. You know when you put out that kind of statement. I know when I quote tweet somebody that, uh, shit, I'm setting them up for harassment, right? But, like, uh, is that somebody I disagree with? So, like, I know that WWE, billions of dollars and millions of followers knowing what a statement means when they put it out that said where they said they claimed they were uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents even though they had matches with those individuals in the past with no consequence they never said their opponents in this match so on the technicality that uh sasha could be saying uncomfortable facing um bianca uh, and ronda uh, uh, Ronda, right and or and facing uh yes bianca down the road um so again that could technically be the, the technicality on if their statement was they don't want to face those two at Hell in a Cell, and therefore that's what they're referring to here. Because, like, you know, if, if it comes down to a case of, um, you know, kind of a CYA libel kind of thing, like in court, that's very much what they could argue. That, no, you said you didn't want to face um, Ronda Rousey. You said you didn't want to face Bianca Belair. So, therefore, that's what we meant here. But, Will, if we're dealing with the court of public opinion here, how many people read it the other way? Oh, oh, I know. <laughs> I'm saying, that, like I said, technicality. As in, I recognize how everybody saw that. I literally saw it that way up until like 10 seconds ago when I pulled up the statement again and went, wait a second. How exactly was that worded? And I can see how they could flip that and say that there was truth in that statement. I just don't understand why this couldn't have just been handled backstage. This is business. This has nothing to do with really even the product. This is um, an executive decision that is an HR disaster now at this point. So shout out all the people at WWE working overtime this week. God knows what the office is like, especially for legal. And oh, my goodness. Um, And this all could have been handled backstage privately like professionals. But nope. Nope, doesn't work that way in the world of uh, of WWE. The funniest thing to me is they had eight hours of practice the match. Oh, we false advertised. They announced this match at the top of Raw, and then it got changed like three minutes later. They didn't even have this match listed on WWE.com that this was happening. Like None of it. They didn't advertise this match at all. No one knew this thing was happening until Raw started, and then they advertised it. So if they had eight hours of practice, apparently they knew this match was happening. Nobody else did, and they decided they weren't going to announce it. Uh, a scripted entertainment, though. What can you do? Props to Becky and Asuka, though, who, uh, I mean, they had been working that singles match uh, at house shows. They had done that match twice over the weekend, so uh, for them to be able to put that together that quickly, um, props to those two. Let's move on to another topic that uh, Ric Flair is going to wrestle. Woo! He's going to do his last match. It's going to be SummerSlam weekend. It's in conjunction with StarCast. We don't know who he's facing. Ricky Steamboat came out and said he declined the offer, uh, but he did get the offer. Seems like it's going to be a multi-man tag match. Again, we don't know any of the details yet. We just know Ric Flair is wrestling at the age of 76, I believe. Uh, Maybe 73. 73. 73. All right, so he's 73. On a scale of 1 to 10, Lily... How interested are you in the return of Ric Flair to the ring? 
instead of giving you a number, I'm going to give you one word that comes to mind when I hear Ric Flair, and that is washed, okay? This man has gotten in a plane crash. He's had five wives. He's gotten every championship belt known to humankind. And yet here we still are getting this shoved down our throats, and nobody asked for this. Nobody asked for this. This is pure just clickbait in real life type booking that doesn't need to happen. And I am very excited to see everyone else's thoughts. Clickbait in real life. Love it. Connor, scale of one to 10 or a word. How excited are you for the return of Ric Flair? Instead of a number, I will give you a word. And that word is nah, because I have no interest in this. Uh, even though this is happening in my town of Nashville, Tennessee. I'm not going to be there that weekend, thankfully. Um, I, I, I have no interest in this. He's 73. He's five years removed from being on, knocking on death's door because of that, you know, kidney failure and obstructive bowel piece he had. Uh, he's, you know, most people don't even want to affiliate with him right now because of the Dark Side of the Ring episode that came out last year. People are still mad about that. So when Conrad's going on podcast saying, "Oh, why is everybody so concerned?" It's like. I don't think anybody was so much talking about that as so much as they were kind of still kind of mad about the whole plane ride from hell thing, because don't get it twisted. There were all these rumors and speculations of him going to AEW that episode drops and that went right away. So as far as this match goes, Ricky doesn't want to do it. I, I at least kind of saw what they were trying to go for with, Hey, let's bring back one of his oldest rivals. It's a six man tag match. You know, if you've watched Rock and Roll Express in the past few years, you know, for as old as they are, they can still go and still get a crowd hyped. I saw them in that same venue a couple years ago for Ring of Honor, and everyone was losing their minds for these two really old guys in, you know, tight pants with long hair still. And FTR, fantastic. They're the best tag team of this year. I got no interest in the match. I don't want to see Rick, you know, slowly move around the ring and try to recapture the magic of what he used to have. We've seen the Jay Lethal clips and while, hey, you know what? It's cool that you're still able to take a bump. You're moving at a fraction of what you were moving when you first retired. I And I get why the match is happening. I get that Conrad Thompson, you know, they're family. So he's going to support Rick in this venture. But, you know, everyone's just kind of be holding their breath on this thing saying, please don't get severely injured or die. SP3. Scale of 1 to 10, a word, an emoji perhaps. How excited for you are Ric Flair's return? SP negative 3. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't understand how this is happening, why this is happening. This man has a pacemaker in his heart. Like, he had a heart attack. Like, what are we doing here? Why are we booking this? Why is, what is going on? He's not the Rock and Roll Express. The Rock and Roll Express that legitimately I've been watching 1996 Nitro. They don't look like they have aged in 25 years. And they work like they don't age in, in the last 25 years. But Ric Flair sure has, sure has uh, definitely. He's aged since the last match that he had back in TNA against Sting in 2011. That was now 11 years ago. What are we thinking here? Why? Why does he need one last match? This man had one of the greatest retirement matches of all time. 
And that happened, what, 10 years after his first retirement match? Like, why do we why do we excuse these people? And you know what I blame? I blame all the fans that made it okay for The Undertaker to come back 400,000 times. <laughs> that made it okay for Terry Funk to come back 1,001 times. That's why Ric Flair thinks it's going to be okay. That's why he thinks that he can get by the Dark Side of the Ring episode is because people have allowed these people to keep coming back when they have been like Lily said washed leave it alone leave the memories alone don't doc don't sing do not do that will scale of one to ten are you gonna be different are you excited for rick flair's comeback will washington hey uh which member of the dark order is preston vance ten ten baby (laughs) all right so here's the thing am i excited for this from the aspect of uh, watching professional wrestling, no. Am I excited for this because I am a diehard Ric Flair fan? No. Am I excited for this in the sense that I didn't even pay for this? Hell no. But you guys have seen The Wrestler, right? So the thing is... <laughs> y'all, y'all know that I, ends on a tragedy, right? I think Will is That's in where this. I'm going. Yes. <laughs> so here's well, the thing. I well, things are gonna get dark. All, all the stuff yeah, you well, guys have been, look, all the stuff you guys have been saying for the last five minutes. True. However, I've been saying pretty much since like 2003 when I watched Ric Flair old then wrestling like he was old then. And that was 2003, mind you. This guy was 53, and I thought, oh my god, this guy's old and decrepit. And now we're talking. And I, I remember saying to my brother. Rick's going to die in the ring, isn't he? And I think that wasn't like a saying that insultingly. I think for him, that's the place he sees himself eventually keeling over and being able to say that he went out in a blaze of glory in a professional wrestling ring. Here's the thing about Dark Side of the Ring. The Dark Side of the Ring stuff was uh, abhorrent. It was bad. We knew about it, but... It's one of those, like, when you heard Ric Flair tell it, it was uh, it was like, oh, that, Rick. But then you hear it from somebody on the receiving end of it, and it's like, oh, Rick. Um, that said, if you ever go to events and you talk to just people, I, 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 if you've ever been around me at events, I like to just talk to random people. I like to just kind of gauge their interest and see where they stand on pro wrestling. You would be surprised how little stuff like that reaches people. Um, Especially when like Dark Side of the Ring, what viewership was like 100,000 people on that episode. Um, And so stuff like that doesn't reach people as much as the idea that, oh my God, my favorite from the 80s is going to be wrestling again. People are going to turn out for this. They're going to turn out to see Rick. Um, Look, you're not going to get a classic out of this. You're just not. You know what you're going to get out of this. You saw what he did with Jay Lethal. You've seen the match. This is exactly what he's going to do. He's going to hot tag in after FTR probably works the majority of the match and does it quite well because they're FTR. He's going to hot tag in, do a couple of uh, uh, chops. He'll probably get back body dropped just to give you, but he's going to land on his side because he's Ric Flair. Um, And uh, he might even flare flop on you, but then he'll end up winning with a figure four and then the crowd will go, woo, look, Rick, you still got it. Uh, I don't genuinely have any interest in seeing this, but from a Randy the Ram Robinson standpoint, if Rick like did his flare flop and then like didn't get up, 
that would be like a poetic way for his well if he dies uh, if he dies it's end. a five <laughs> <laughs> So we we wishing death death somebody. No, not wishing death. No, not wishing death. No, no, it is. I'm muting everybody here. I, I'm going to defend Will Washington here. I can't believe I'm going to say this after what he just said. Ric Flair, the man himself, did say, "I want to go one of two ways: either on top of my wife or in a wrestling ring." All right, so he said it himself that if he's going to die, he wants it to be on top of his wife, which his next one, I guess, or in a wrestling ring. So he did say it himself. He, he has will said this. Say. I know that that's what I'm saying here. All right, at the same time, you're getting. I don't it. want him to die, but if he did happen to die while this happened, I think that would, you know, raise the entertainment value. <laughs> And I must, I must make it clear that I am not wishing death on Ric Flair. Thank you. Please, please clarify. Not wishing death on Ric Flair. <laughs> Extra point for the woo. <laughs> please clarify all of this because yes, we don't need. We're not wishing death on Ric Flair. He has said it himself. If he's gonna go, the wrestling ring is one of two ways he wants to go. So maybe, maybe we get a the wrestler situation. I hope that is not the way Ric Flair goes. That would be a end to SummerSlam weekend. All right. After one round, the scores are SB3 has 12, Will has 13, Lily has 14, and Connor has 14 as well. We will be back with Push or Barry. And by, I mean, we will be back. Uh, I'm going to plug that. Everyone, please leave a super chat. Leave super chats right now. Please do it. Give us all of your money so I can start paying everyone who appears on this YouTube channel because I would really like to do that for everybody because people like SV3 do more shows than I do. Although this week, I've really upped my game. Uh, Will does the, the highest drawing show on this channel every Thursday with Day After Dynamite. Lily has to put up with Joel Pearl, which is never good. So I would like her to get paid out of that as well. So please leave Super Chats. Please leave Humper Chats so I can start tossing money their ways and they can afford like a Happy Meal or something. All right, everybody. So I would appreciate that if you guys would do that. Let's go on to take your or push or bury. I'm jumping on push or bury. This is a Lily special. She specifically requested this topic. So if you don't like it, you can blame her. Push or bury Mad Cat Moss as WWE champion within the next three years. Lily. You know, we're talking about Sasha Banks having movie star quality that could walk onto any set, that could pretty much do anything she wanted. I feel the same way about Mad Cat Moss. He is a Hollywood hunk in the making. The dude can't wrestle for you know what, but he has that charisma. He has that it. And I don't know what it is, but Mad Cat Moss deserves everything. Mad Cat Moss deserves a belt. And if things don't work out in WWE, because they never do, he can always go to Impact, not, not AEW. AEW has enough people in it. Stop saying sign people to AEW. Madcap Moss for future ex-champion. That's it. That's my statement. I don't know if you actually pushed or buried, so I'm not going to award you any extra point. Connor, push or bury? Push, push. Always push. Push or bury Madcap Moss as WWE champion within three years. Definitely bury you know, without even having to get into his ability, you kind of look at the the state of WWE right now and you see the next wave of people that they are trying to push and guys like Braun Breaker, Gable Stevenson, without even having wrestled a match 
Um, you know, Austin Theory is on TV every week. Like they are, they already have their next wave of guys that they're interested in, and Madcap's just kind of there. He's just been kind of on that roster for a while. Before this whole thing with Corbin, he was doing the thing with Mojo Raleigh. Like he's he's had his time, he's had his opportunities to show us anything. And other than hey, I tell bad jokes really badly. There hasn't been anything there. Let's not bury this man's ability to tell a joke, all right? The jokes might not be good, but the man's delivery is exceptional, Connor Casey. Will Washington, push or bury? You're still muted. No, you can't talk. All right, what do you want, Connor? I'm I'm, uh, I'm trying to figure out who has the worst intro sound, Ricochet's little ping or the joke, joke, joke thing he does now. Uh, that's all bad. All WWE themes are bad. Will, push or bury? Madcap Moss is WWE champion within three years. Um, I guess, like, would I do it? Uh, then I'd say bury. If, I, if I'm if i saying, could WWE do it? Of course they could. And I don't mean that in the sense that, like, they could get him ready or anything like that. I mean, like, Look, Jinder Mahal was WWE champion without doing any of the work to get him there. It was literally just one day they said, you know what? Jinder. And then he was champion. So, yeah, of course they, they could do it. Uh, and it's very clear that he's somebody that somebody really likes. Because, oh. yeah, Madcap <laughs> Because Madcap Moss. He's a stupid dog. He's like a stupid dog that you just, like, you just can't help but love. You know? That guy in high school, they were like, this guy is kind of like an idiot jock, but oh, I love him so much. No, but like the thing is, there's been multiple opportunities with him. Yeah, he had the stuff with Mojo Raleigh. He also had the 24-7 championship stuff going on. In the, and, uh, and and that went on for what, for what felt like ever. And yet he still feels like he's been in the same place, but somebody likes him enough to continue to give him television oh. time. And so, obviously, he, I do think he is somebody that WWE is going to stick by. And uh, now, does that mean stick by in the sense of, like, JBL, where eventually, look, he's been here long enough, we just have to do it? Or uh, is it, like, a hardcore Holly situation where he's just around so long and uh, eventually just, like, fades into obscurity? I don't know. Uh, personally, would I push him? No. This guy is no good at all. Uh, but... Do I think they would? Sure. Do I think they will? Probably not. So I'm docking a point. You're getting <laughs> muted because you're on the fence too much, Will. SP3, Pusher Barry, Madcap Moss as WWE champion within the next four years. WWE putting the WWE title on him? Oh, I'm pushing this all day. I'm pushing this all day, man. Do you, do you see how this man moves across the ring in loafers? In penny loafers? My dude, he's bringing back suspenders. He's the greatest guy to be on network television with suspenders since Steven Ur Urkel. He is, he's the best at this game. They have put the title on Jinder Mahal because of his body. They will put the title on, on Mad Cat Moss to put him on a Showtime series. I, I'm pretty sure he's already been on a Showtime series that he played Jody Clearwater in Shameless. Look it up if you don't know who I'm talking about. But he is money. 
He could be a future movie star, a future TV star. Madcap Moss is money personified. His delivery is his delivery <laughs> is on point for some horrible jokes. I get the chuckle just off the delivery alone. This man is going to the moon. He is going to be the man to dethrone Roman Reigns. All right, Cameron Grimes is going to the moon, but I'm glad I didn't mute you before you said he's going to dethrone Robin Reigns. <laughs> sure. All, leads, all roads lead to The Rock and Mad Cat Moss, okay? Connor is disgusted with this conversation. <laughs> possibly that Connor hates it so much. Rules. Oh, Pusher Berry. Next topic. Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs as the next AEW Tag Team Champions. Connor Casey, push or Barry? I'm going Barry again. There's way too much talent in the tag team division. Too many people that haven't had the tag titles yet. I'm still waiting on Santana and Ortiz's tag title run. Where's that been? For as many great matches as they've had, for as much TV time as they get, nothing. You got Red Dragon sitting there. You got FTR wanting to get the tag titles again. Suddenly you've got Keith Lee and Swerve next to each other, and they're actually a lot of fun to watch. The Bucks are there. The Hardys are there. There's a long list of people before we get to start talking about Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. The whole thing with those two is going to be eventually Hook turning on Team Taz, and then that becoming, whether it's over the FTW title or just uh, the rest of Team Taz fighting Hookhausen. But no, tag titles, not a chance. Will Washington, Pusher, Barry, Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs as the next AEW Tag Team Champions. Was Will still muted? <laughs> there you For go, the Will. black folks in attendance, I'm just going to show an image. Uh, if you know what that means, you know what this means. So, thank you. Um, here's the thing. Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs as Tag Team Champions. That I'm just now picturing the the AEW header image that also has Scorpio Sky in it and uh, a Jade Cargill and seeing four black people holding championships. I'm excited for that. Um, do I think it's actually going to happen? Actually, yeah, I do. Uh, I do think that um, they seem to be positioning Christian uh, and Jungle Boy to move forward like ASAP, especially when you consider that this is a story that actually started at last year's Double or Nothing. Uh, it, it is kind of time to pull the trigger on that one. And so I think that Double or Nothing is probably going to be where that uh, year-long story between those two finally uh, comes to a head. And then on top of that, it, the other options for tag team champions right now would be Keith Lee and Swerve. Uh, Tony doesn't really seem like the type of guy to crown new signees champion or his new signees as champion, so I don't see it being those two. Uh, so then I look at it as, well, Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hops. That is a team that's been together for almost two years now. Team Taz formed uh, right after Double or Nothing 2020. So, like, this is a team that's been around a while. These two are uh, gelling pretty well. They actually had uh, the best match of the night in New Orleans just a few weeks ago. Uh, and I think that is a team that people want to see more of on TV. Yeah, I, I absolutely say push uh team taz tag team championships um and i think you do put them in a better position to be the guys to drop the titles to ftr than say uh jurassic express would be sp3 pusher barry starks and hobbs as the next AEW tag team champions 
This is another easy push. Of course I am pushing that Antoine Khan, the greatest liberator of African-American wrestlers since Cody Devontae Rose, is going to put the titles on Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. That's what it's all about. It's all about the header. Like, like Will said, you got Jade Cargill, you got Scorpio Sky, you got Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks. Powerhouse Hobbs is going to win the TNT Championship, and then Racially Ambiguous Hook is going to win the AEW World Championship. <laughs> It's all about putting the titles and pushing this agenda. It's not Black History Month in February. It's Black History Years, thanks to our savior, Antoine Khan. <laughs> the only other... First of all, it's a push. It's a push for me. Um, but the only other tag team that I would want to see that belt on is Bear Country. What, what's happening with Bear Country? I love these guys. I hate that they're on dark. I think that right now, AEW is great they produce some of the best pay-per-views period however there are some behind the scenes issues specifically with the tag with the tag belts and especially because um hobbs and ricky already have the uh the other belt what's going on with that belt or is it just kind of like a prop and part of the kayfabe are we actually going to see something happen with uh, with the fdw belt um yeah, i really want and exactly um i i i I think that's where we're going. Um, I think that they've been putting on some of the best bangers ever. And if you follow Ricky on Twitter, it's some of the funniest things you'll ever read. You got to shout out someone asking him if he's black. And he says, yeah, I'm black, you dumb bitch. On Twitter, it was one of the best, best things I have ever seen on Twitter. Him and Nyla should be president for the United States. Maybe Hobbs too. He could be the, um, the, the I'm, I'm Canadian, so what would he be? He could be the uh, the White House press secretary. So push, push, push. <laughs> I want to see these belts happen. Let's go. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs is the White House press secretary. Sounds amazing. Uh, Only in our, shorts, though. Only shorts. Push our Barry. Our final topic, Eric Young won the gauntlet for the gold on Impact this past Thursday. Eric Young and Josh Alexander. Main event of Slammiversary. Are you going to push or bury this match, SV3? Well, besides African-American wrestlers, I stand by anyone who has the Maple Leaf flag in their heart. Uh, all those wrestlers in Canada. I wish this pay-per-view was in Canada because this is a Canadian. This is two people that I would add to my top 10 greatest Canadian wrestlers of all time. Eric Young, do people need to put more respect on his name? He's won every single title in Impact Wrestling history. The Knockouts Tag Team Champion himself, Eric Young. He, he deserves to be in the main event. It was two years ago that he returned to Impact Wrestling as the mystery person in the, in the five-way for the Impact World Championship. He then defeated Eddie Edwards. He was in the main event of Boundful Glory. The Violent by Design, they are very unique. All their promos sound the same, and you could put them in a in a in a jailhouse, like a lineup, and you why you say they're unique and all their promos sound the same. Get out of here, SP3. Will Pusher Barry Eric Young against Josh Alexander as the main event for Slammiversary. Uh, push, uh, mainly because, so we're hitting the 20 year anniversary of impact wrestling. And so when I think about certain talents who, um, epitomize impact, uh, and the history of impact, as I start to check off the list, a lot of them are other places. And so as I start to work my way down, eventually, like, as I go across, like, okay, well, AJ Styles isn't available and neither is Samoa Joe and neither is, um, 
uh, Kurt Angle uh, or Christian. But uh, as I start to work my way down, eventually I do get to Eric Young, who did win uh, every title, nearly every title that uh, Impact has had and uh, has been a part of some of the biggest angles that Impact's ever had, some of the biggest factions Impact has ever had. Um, and Don't Fire Eric was a whole lot of fun. Like, he has kind of a, a gigantic history as a part of Impact. So when I think about who should be a part of the main event of uh, the 20th anniversary of Impact Wrestling, I think it should be somebody with a lot of Impact history. And for me, that is Eric Young. Really, Butcher Berry, Eric Young, Josh Alexander. Um, shameless plug, I got to work at Destiny Wrestling uh, in Mississauga at Santino's spot, which is called Battle Arts Academy over the past weekend, and got to do some ring announcing. <clears throat> and it was unique and awesome for so many reasons, but mainly because um, the gym or the studio slash venue um, where this event was is where a lot of people um, who train to get that pathway to impact, they train through there. There's so many names um, <clears throat> that cross over that border through impact and getting to work closely kind of behind the scenes, run through a show with Josh, Josh Alexander. Um, you get to see how serious that man is about wrestling and how serious he is about his craft, how serious he is about impact and being the champion. Um, he carries that uh, with him all the time. And I think um, Eric as well. He's one of the more like understated underdogs that to everyone's point isn't being talked about enough. And um, seeing Josh Alexander perform for the first time in person in like a smaller venue, really up close, you are mind blown at how talented and how professional and how skilled um, he is. And same with Eric. And that match is going to be a banger. Um, Impact has been on fire lately. I mean, it's not perfect. They still really need to figure out um, like how they shoot it a little bit better. But um, I think it's been a really good time for impact and uh, push, push, push. Connor Casey, push or bury the Slammiversary main event. A uh, big push on this one. Um, I, I think Eric did not get enough attention when he came back in 2020 for the heel work he did right after it. For as good as that guy is, as a likable baby face, he is an absolute bastard as a heel. And his feud oh, yeah. with Rich Swan around the Impact World Championship was excellent. Yeah. Uh, he would have had a much bigger role in the world championship picture had it not been for the injuries he's been dealing with. Uh, I'm glad he's back. I'm glad he's healthy now for it. And, you know, I love the idea that for Slammiversary, it's main evented by a guy who defined so much of Impact Wrestling history versus a guy that a lot of people have circled as the future of Impact. A lot of people had Josh Alexander circled as, hey, this is just going to be the next big name that leaves and goes elsewhere. You know, people remember the promo with Ethan Page. People were like, we signed you so we could get him. He's not coming. And he has said multiple times in interviews now that he's tired of Impact kind of being the farm league for other companies. And he's also tired of it being the place where, hey, all the cast offs come here and try to keep making money. You know, he wants Impact Wrestling to be its own thing, its own product and to succeed. And he amplifies that as world champion and he puts on fantastic matches. These two are both veterans in the ring. You know, if you ask Josh Alexander to do an Iron Man match for an hour, he thousand percent will he takes glee in going that long i don't think this one will but eric is absolutely going to bring it now that he's healthy uh look and looking at the roster honestly this was probably the best match storyline wise you could have positioned for a show like this at the end of push or bury 
You gave him that point just to make sure there wasn't a tie. I did. Uh, <laughs> I did. I knew. And Will, you're about to be even more upset because Connor, or Lily's in the lead with 21. Connor has 20. Will has 19. And SB3 on his birthday has 18. SB3, because it is your birthday, if you say three nice things about Chris Paul, I will award you two points and Will will be the first person eliminated if you say three nice things about Chris Paul. Chris Paul, he led the Phoenix Suns to the best record in the NBA this year. 64 wins. That's um, not a nice thing. That's just a fact. You can't just say yeah, Hey, that's a day. nice thing. That's a nice thing he did. That's a nice thing he did. He is the, 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 the president of the Player Association. He does a very good job at that. And most of all, he's the greatest person at choking when he came <laughs> choking in games. What Get a swerve. <laughs> that was amazing. Uh, SV3, do you actually have anything? I knew you have a million things to plug. Go ahead and plug everything here on your birthday. And I'm sorry you were bad at this game today and you started an SV3 hole. Let the, let, the, let the point stand that if it wasn't for Jeremy plotting against me, I would have 21 points and not Let, let the point points. stand that let all you had to do was say three nice things about Chris Paul. No, no, let the, on let, let the point stand that Jeremy what did. He could have gone with State Farm. <laughs> State Farm commercials. They're funny. Yeah, he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. He's, oh, he's always muting me for no reason. He wanted a black man to hit a white man in the middle of London, and that's the reason why I got negative three points. Are you kidding me? He's no Antoine Khan. He's no Cody Devontae Rose, <laughs> Jeremy, Dan Lambert. God damn. Oh, man. Get out of here, SP3. You can check out his work. Go to SP3. Uh, the True Hill Heat Network, I believe podcast, Fightful Overbooked every single week doing a million shows. Wrestle Talk there. I think I did all the plugs for you, SB3. Follow him on Twitter at True Hill SB3. A great man. It's his birthday. I'm sure he has better things to do on his birthday than hang out with us dorks. Guys, reminder leave super chats, leave humber chats. SB3, if you do want to stick around for the end banter, you're more than welcome to leave super chats, leave humber chats, do all that fun stuff. We're now moving on to take your pick. Very simple concept. I'm going to throw something out and you just pick something, somebody who you think is whatever the topic might be. We're going to start with the women's Owen Hart cup tournament. Take your pick. Who wins this thing? Connor Casey. Uh, it's the Joker and it's Athena. I think if you want to bring somebody in and make a huge splash right away, having them win a tournament is one hell of a way to do it. Uh, everyone's kind of circled Athena as like, hey, this is probably the next big acquisition for AEW. And it seemed like it would only be a matter of time. It makes perfect sense for her to come in, knock Brick Baker right out of the tournament in her opening round, and then go on to win the whole thing. I don't I, I, I like Tony Storm. I like Ruby Soho. They're both great in real life and they're both great interviews. I just kind of feel like they're, you know, Tony had her thing with Jamie. So her storyline in the tournament is kind of already over and Ruby's just kind of there. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go with a shock and I'm going to go with Athena. Will Washington, take your pick. Who wins the women's Owen Hart tournament? Uh, I do think it's going to be Ruby Soho. Um, I think that uh, the way she's kind of positioned in the tournament um, guarantees her to make it to the finals, I think. Uh, and in that sense, it just comes down to who she faces in the finals. Uh, 
I also am of the belief that it's going to be Athena um, that she come that it comes down to. But I think that uh, Tony Khan just kind of has a way of uh, making sure to reward people who were there first. Uh, I noticed that just seems to be his thing. Uh, and so it's kind of like that time for Ruby Soho to kind of get hers, um, considering she's been there since September. Because uh, I do think that uh, Britt Baker gets knocked out. You mentioned Tony Storm's story in the tournament being done. It is, but I do feel like Tony Storm's feud overall has really been with Britt Baker. And if Britt gets knocked out, then Britt can probably cost Tony Storm her match. And then those two simply have a non-tournament one-on-one match at uh, double or nothing. And then you can... Uh, kind of have them continue to do their thing and give people what I feel the divisions needed overall, which is a non-title, non-tournament women's feud. Uh, and Tony Storm and Britt Baker's perfect for that. But as far as the winner is concerned, I think it's Ruby Soho just looking at her path. Billy, take your pick on the women's own heart tournament. At the end of the day, this is the carny business. So whatever you think is going to happen, it might be that, but just a little to the left or right, you know what I mean? Um, and we're talking about shock and awe bookings. Athena is an obvious one. Um, but I also noticed um, that Maki Ito has some openings in her dates recently. And, you know, we're talking about respecting people from the early days. Maki Ito was a huge hit and she's going to be doing some U.S. dates. Um, so I think that might be the joker. She's obviously not going to go very far. Um, in terms of winning, I think that, yes, Tony Khan leans into the fan service. So because Ruby has just kind of been one of the you know stars carried over from the Fed, I think it's going to go on her. I don't think Athena is going to be part of this at all. Um, and tonight should be interesting. Take your pick. The men's Owen Hart tournament winner. Really diversify the topics here. Will, who are you picking in the men's Owen Hart tournament? Uh, it's kind of feeling like Adam Cole's tournament, um, and that everything is kind of centered around him and he hasn't really had a big pay-per-view win at all. Uh, as he won on pay-per-view since he debuted, I don't think he has been, I guess there's been two pay-per-views. No, yeah, he lost at full gear and he lost at revolution. Uh, so I feel like this is kind of his time to finally get something. Uh, and again, the tournament has kind of centered around him. Uh, his matches have been kind of all the highlight matches. I think he's going to win the whole thing. Billy, take your pick on the men's Owen Hart tournament. I think it's Adam Cole, baby, because who knows who they're going to bring back at the pay-per-view. Maybe, I mean, a lot of people are even talking about Kenny coming back for Double or Nothing. I don't think that's happening because he's still in recovery and is doing a ton of other things. But yeah, they haven't really given him any major push outside of Rampage and Dynamite. Everyone else kind of has other plot lines already going on and it's kind of all roads lead to Kenny coming back, really screwing things up with other factions around him. So it makes sense to give the belt to Adam Cole to then be taken by Kenny later down the line as well. Connor, take your pick on the men's Owen tournament. I'll I'll complete the streak and I'll go go with Adam Cole. I, I think there's something so wonderfully poetic about the Shawn Michaels lookalike of the tournament being the one that winds up winning the thing dedicated to Owen Hart. The match with Dax Harwood last week was pretty emblematic of that. He's tuning up the band already while Dax is trying to hit Bret Hart moves. He's a heel. So that, that ties in perfectly with that. The, the only, the issue I have with Adam is that, you know, I love his debut going right back to, and working with the elite made sense, but he's kind of been stuck running in place ever since, even in the rivalry with hangman, he, 
he's not obviously not pinned as the next world champion. He, I don't think he's going to be a champion here in the next couple of years in terms of getting that top title. And he's kind of stuck in place until Kenny comes back and they figure out what are we going to do with the elite? What are we doing with what, whatever they wind up calling the undisputed era Do Adam and Kenny feud. How did the bucks fit into all of this? So if he's just going to keep running in place, you give him something like this tournament, which rumor is instead of a trophy, they're going to get a belt. It gives him something to carry around for a year, kind of like how MJF does with the dynamite diamond ring. And then he can use that to help cheat and win in matches. He can have, he can lord that over other people and say, look how much better I am than you. And then when, it, you know, if, if it's Kenny who comes back or somebody else uh, knocks him off that perch, it makes for a great moment. Last and one. is it for the belt, or are they just like presenting the belt? So they're, they, they're pre- oh, go ahead. They they said it was a trophy originally, but now the rumor is that there's going to be a black belt and a pink belt for the two winners. We shall see on that. Uh, last one: Hangman Page ate a month old Reese's fast break, and he said it was mushy. It was soft. Take your pick. What's your favorite candy bar, Will Washington? Oh, I'm a Kit Kat dude, um, mainly because uh, it's okay. I have to back up on that. I'm sorry, because all of a sudden I'm like, look, Kit Kats are like the easy go to because it's just an easy thing to like snack on. But honestly, like the most filling is absolutely Snickers. And uh, I get everything I want out of a Snickers because I I love (laughs) because I, I love peanuts. I love nougat. I love caramel. I love chocolate. And I get it all in a Snickers. And uh, one might even say it satisfies. I give you big points for the Snickers, but then I'm also going to dock you points for not <laughs> picking it first and going uh, Kit Kat and then remembering what you actually like Snickers. Connor Casey, take your pick on your favorite candy bar. So I'm allergic to chocolate, and that puts me at a bit of a disadvantage here, but oh, I, will no. say, I will say payday because that doesn't have chocolate, and it is delicious. I love me some peanuts and caramel. Uh, it's not usually my go-to candy. That's usually Skittles, just because of what I can eat. Big uh, on the Skittles. You know, but I, I, if I'm going to have a bar, it's going to be a payday. Billy, take your pick on your favorite candy bar. As a Canadian, I have some expertise on this, and it, it always fluctuates because I also partake in the cannabis. But right now, um, I'm really into Coffee Crisp because it's the best thing you can have. And I don't. Do you guys have Coffee Crisp in the states? don't think so i'm gonna have to send you guys i'm I'm gonna guess it's uh, i actually have one right here so it's kind of just like exactly what i thought it was gonna be (laughs) so it's so it's kind of just like a regular chocolate bar but when you bite into it it kind of has this like there's like coffee wafer in the middle so it tastes like chocolate and coffee at the same time and it's so good with like iced coffee or tea or whatever it is so big up um coffee crisp points for the visual representation there at the end of Take Your Pick, oh my god, we're going to have a new champion. Will Washington with 26 points is the low man, Lily with 28, and Connor with 27. Will, anything to plug, anything to say as you fail to defend your title, even one time, didn't even make the final round. How Reg- fitting that this is a Sasha Banks show, right? Because uh, <laughs> this is a perfect opportunity to... Uh, fail at defending my title um yeah i host grapsity every saturday noon eastern 9 a.m pacific 
It's at youtube.com slash Fightful. I also host Day After Dynamite right here on Fightful Overbook. That's every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. I talk about Dynamite. Tomorrow, I'm going to be talking about Dynamite uh, with my former co-host. And when I say former, I mean like going back. Uh, when was the last time I permanently hosted a show with Anthony Scats? Uh, 15 years. Anthony Scats was my co-host, the first person I ever asked to host a podcast with me 17 years ago. Anthony Scats, Will Washington, reunited on Day After Dynamite tomorrow. Check that out, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. I always appreciate Will's hard work when it comes to, to Day After Dynamite and everything you do. Uh, so, yes, check out Day After Dynamite tomorrow at 4 here on Fightful Overbooked. And then always check out Grapsody Saturdays at noon on YouTube.com slash Fightful. Thank you, Will. I will make sure to inform Reg that you completely failed to your, your, to defend the title while he was a three-time champion. And he will hopefully bury you all the time because of it. We appreciate He you, gets to be Charlotte. I get to be Sasha. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'll take that very well. <laughs> All right, guys, we are here for the final count. We're going to start this off. It is one-on-one contest. The scores have been erased. World Entertainment Series announced their card. The main event is the former Braun Strowman, Adam Schur, against Alistair Overeem. So a very, I don't know how this is going to go, but give me your MMA versus pro wrestling dream match or just a match that you want to throw together connor casey i want to see drew mcintyre take on connor mcgregor just so we can see him claymore the absolute hell out of that punk little irishman for a good just two minutes of just constant claymores while drew gives an interview with somebody and gives quotes that i swear i've heard five different times love you drew but your interviews can get a little repetitive uh, yeah, so that Drew versus Connor. Lily, MMA versus pro wrestling dream match. I'm going to go with Jake Paul versus Minoru Suzuki and just watch him get annihilated and hopefully get knocked out on live TV. I'm not sure who is the MMA and who is the pro wrestler when it comes to... to oh, wait, wait, wait. Box, yeah, well, boxing. Okay, MMA. Let me think. I want to see Patty the Batty and Jake Paul. Does that mean, does that mean Jake's the wrestler? Oh, wait, Logan Paul. Logan Paul on Patty the Body. <laughs> well, Lily, you lost that round as you weren't sure which who was doing the boxing. I, who got, was doing the I got chocolate. I got chocolate. <laughs> I won. That's, a, that's honestly a fair point. Connor's up one nothing. Uh, the next topic, Cody Rhodes says WWE is selling temporary tattoos of his uh, you know, nightmare family tattoo. How much would Sean Ross Sapp have to pay you to get the Nightmare Family logo tattooed on your forehead, Lily. Well, how much does tattoo removal cost? I think tattoo removal is going to cost, depending on the tattoo. There's going to be color in it. Well, it's going to be a decent it, size. It doesn't. It doesn't matter because I would never do it. There's no amount of money on this earth. There's no amount of anything on this earth that could ever make me get that tattoo. And I'm so glad that Cody has finally ended racism in WWE. (laughs) Connor, how much for the Nightmare Family logo tattoo on your forehead? So I want all of his ownership in Fightful. I want all of Jimmy's ownership in Fightful and whatever other companies he, he talks about owning. And then I want them to pay five times over for whatever it costs for tattoo removal. 
so that I'm walking away with a little bit of cash. I don't know if you are walking away. I mean, I guess oh, you are in a sense. I just but... want, I want maybe if I could get all the memorabilia from Jimmy's office, then maybe we can make a negotiation. I just want like, a, you know, a dollar raise or something. I'd be cool with that. I can't even get that from, from Jimmy or Sean. I'm going to give the point to Lily because I feel her answer was more honest than that she is not going to ever do this. And there is no amount of money that would make her do this, which I completely respect and, you know, have to have to uh, award Billy the point here. Last one, once again, not really wrestling though, but being from Nashville, Connor, I don't even know if this, I know you drink, Connor. I don't know if Lily drinks, but you're a Canadian, Lily. Favorite beer. Hey, you know, it's beer season. It's uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin returned not too long ago. He's got his own beer. Favorite beer, Connor Casey. So it's funny you mention Austin because that uh, that Broken Skull Lager from El Segundo that he has, I've had it. It's actually pretty good. So it, people people knock the branding on it, but it uh, it for a lager, it's pretty tasty. Uh, my favorite is I have got to go with a Boulevard Wheat. Uh, I am I live in Nashville, but I am from Kansas City originally. And uh, if you know anything about Kansas, they are known for growing lots of wheat. So the big uh, brewery in Kansas City is Boulevard, uh, and their top beer is just a straight-up wheat beer. It's light, it's crisp, it's refreshing. It, it, you can have five or six of them. You're not bogged down too much. It tastes really good. Um, yeah, it, you know, you're never going, you're never having a bad time when you're drinking one of those. Lily, what's your favorite beer? People don't know this about me, but I love microbreweries, and Toronto is full of them. I happen to live near uh, a couple of them. I'm actually going to be getting married at one of them. And we're making a custom Pilsner called Three Dad Pilsner, which is going to kind of combine the personalities of the three dads in our family. Um, so shout out to Microbrews, shout out to Pilsners, shout out to Gauge in the summer, shout out to Sours. I love beer. Um, not too much of it, but just shout out Toronto Beer. There's too many to uh, name, but I guess I just want to plug Red Tape Brewery, Leftfield Brewery and all the other amazing microbreweries in Toronto. I'm not a beer drinker, but considering you're doing your own beer for your wedding, sorry, Connor, you can't really top that. You know, can't. Lily, Lily is the new Pillar to Post champion here on Fightful Overbooked. Connor, you can stick around as we read some super chats. But Lily, you get FaceTime. You can talk about whatever you want. You can plug whatever you want. It is all you. Actually, Connor, go ahead and, and do your plug just in case you don't want to stick around uh sure i because i actually do have to run uh follow me at twitter on connor kccb uh check out all my writing over at comicbook.com you can see me on the comic book nation podcast every on fridays uh twitch youtube uh anywhere you can find podcasts um and yeah i might be doing a little bit of something in the pro wrestling world besides writing so uh stay tuned is john alba gonna punch you nope are you gonna punch john alba Mm, we'll see Okay. I think we should all just punch John. Thank you for joining us, Connor. We appreciate it. Lily, the floor is yours. Hello, everyone. I'm Lily Z. You can follow me oh, in the other corner at Lily Z on Twitter, where you can find all my other stuff. I also run a website called Strange Comforts. You can also find me training, um, not in the ring yet, at Superkick. So if you live in Toronto or the greater Toronto area, come say hi to me at a show. Um, got lots of content in the works. Um, so follow me on Twitter and stay tuned for all that good stuff. Other than that, be nice, go touch grass, and think before you speak on the internet. No one ever thinks before they speak on the internet. Guys, we appreciate all the uh, chats and comments today. We've got over 300 comments. 
in the, the YouTube comments for this one. Uh, let's read some super chats here. Haven hey, Paul says, don't care about hockey. Play $5 to say Arsenal gets battered everywhere they go. I'm not a big soccer fan, but thanks for the money. Do you like soccer, Lily? Um, I live by a bunch of pubs and they get really rowdy. It's a bunch of like old English men that watch the game. So I don't really understand what's going on, but it's fun to kind of be out at the pub with a bunch of rowdy uh, Englishmen for sure. Uh, Dilo Dick says, crazy that Dewdrop and Nikki got pulled out of that match. That's one thing I wanted to talk about too, like with this whole um, Sasha and Naomi situation is they kind of threw those performers under the bus as well, right? Like it wasn't a good look for them as well. Yeah, I mean, they just, they had nothing to do now. Do drop them. Yeah. Uh, Nikki, who knows where they go? Probably, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll come up with some stupid storyline for them. Of course. Baba says Rick wants to die with his boots on. Just stop, old man. Stop going broke after every divorce. Get an account. I was actually Googling like 10 crazy facts you don't know about Ric Flair before he hopped on this. And um, I knew he had a few wives, but he's on number five or six now. And it's like, dude, like, I get it. In some weird way, you're a legend. But yeah, just like, Go like go like I don't know. Open a, a small wrestling school and just chill. Like retire, do your thing. Go to the beach. Have sex with your wife. Do what you got to do. <laughs> I don't know if he can. I honestly don't know if he can. But. I mean, he he wants to he wants to die either again on top of his wife or uh, or in the ring. And seems like he's he's gonna try to make one of them come true. Guys, we appreciate all the support uh, for Pillar to Post. We'll be back in two weeks uh hopefully lily will be around to defend her championship and yeah thanks to thanks lily thanks to thanks to will washington thanks to sb3 happy birthday to him thanks to connor casey and thanks to everybody thanks to everybody else who tuned in sent us some money put a put a bunch of chats in the youtube chat we appreciate it uh fightful overbook tomorrow watch crappy hour watch crappy hour uh crappy hour is tuesdays at 5 p.m eastern and lily has to up with joel pearl watch the new impact show uh that's on youtube.com slash fightful uh the going to be a review every week after impact it's joel pearl unfortunately and cresta star so give give them some love outside of hey, joel Krista. yes um so check that out uh, again we have day after dynamite on fightful overbook tomorrow uh you can watch a video where i explained why no mercy is actually trash so watch that guys we appreciate it everyone have a good wednesday Get out of here, SP3. Those rules. That the one. That's the one that like oozes, right? Ultimate sweat, baby. Yeah, that is great. I love those. Look at the mold on the head. It's so weird. It's awesome. Those are. I fantastic. love it. Bye, everyone. Bye. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.